Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, what did you expect? I hesitate to do another story about the police because I've done two shows recently on that subject and I don't want to repeat myself. I had something entirely different in mind for this show, but what's happened in the past week has to be addressed. For those of you who are listening overseas, not paying attention to what's going on in this crazy, insane country of ours, here's a quick rundown. Last week, two black men were murdered by police. That's not news. News is something that doesn't happen every day. But these two particular guys spawned more outrage than normal here in America. The first one was a thug. He had a long rap sheet. And the cops went after him, had him on his back, had both of his hands pinned down. One cop was kneeling on one hand. The other cop had a hold of one hand. He felt a gun in the guy's pocket and yelled, gun! And they just fired into his chest. And then they shifted their position and fired some more. Killed him on the spot. There was no way he could have reached for that gun. There was no way he could have gone near it. They just gunned him down anyway. The other was just kind of an average middle-class guy, a black guy who didn't have a rap sheet. He had a lot of traffic tickets, probably because he got stopped for driving while black frequently. And he had just come back from having his hair cut. He was getting ready for his 32nd birthday party. And a cop pulled him over because they were looking for a suspect in a robbery And they were pulling him over because he had a wide nose. Now, we all know how rare it is for a black person to have a wide nose, right? That was the premise for pulling him over. And he told the cop, I have a concealed carry permit. I have a gun. I'm cooperating with you. All right. The cop said, give me your ID. He reached for his wallet and this insane cop shot him four times. At that point, his girlfriend turned on her cell phone and started broadcasting live to Facebook, and we watched him die. At first, it seemed that Facebook had pulled her video from her site, but actually it turned out the cops evidently had been messing with her phone and because they arrested her. They arrested her and threw her in jail. No charges, but just left her in jail until 5 o'clock the next morning. And evidently, they had been trying to destroy the evidence using her phone. Of course, nothing ever dies on the internet, and so it got spread around and it became viral, and she eventually got her page back as well. And these two incidents spawned more protests against police violence. And one of these protests was in Dallas. Now, at this protest, the cops were not confrontational, A lot of times at protests, things are peaceful until the cops show up and then they create a riot, but that wasn't the case here. All reports were that they were polite and professional. 
It was starting to wind down the protest a little bit. And then someone from a rooftop started firing. He killed five cops, he wounded nine more, and wounded two civilians as well. The cops cornered him in a parking garage, negotiated with him for about two hours, decided that they couldn't get to him. He had picked a good tactical position, evidently. And so they took a robot that is designed for defusing bombs and instead attached a bomb to it, drove it to him, and blew him up. In the week since that happened, there have been at least three other cops shot, although it looks like they weren't being stalked as revenge for cop violence. One of them was somebody calling 911, and when the cop arrived, he started shooting at the cop. They exchanged fire. They both got shot. Neither got killed. That was a case of someone trying to commit suicide by cop. And police forces all across the country are understandably upset. But all I have to say is, what did you expect? How long did you think that you were going to get away with this without people taking out revenge, without people shooting back? I'm really surprised that this kind of thing hasn't happened sooner. With literally hundreds and hundreds of cases of cops killing someone in cold blood. We're not talking about a cop getting into a gunfight with a robber who's shooting back at them. We're talking about people that were killed in cold blood by police and the justice theater system let those cops walk. And I'm really surprised that there hasn't been a single case that I'm aware of of the loved one of one of these murder victims hunting down the cop and getting revenge. I'm glad there haven't been but it seems to me, I, I see these stories and I'm just absolutely outraged and it's people I don't even know. I, I can't even imagine what the reaction would be if it was somebody that I love that got gunned down by a cop. Of course, anybody who goes after a cop in this way or for any reason can expect that it's the end of their life. They will be hunted down and executed, no questions asked. But emotion often overrides logic and reason. But it hasn't happened. And I think that actually says good things about us as Americans, the fact that it hasn't happened and that it hasn't been done. And some of the irony of this is that the chief of police in Dallas is actually doing things to ease the tensions between the police and the citizens to try and reduce police shootings He's actually fired 70 cops. That's unheard of. Usually cops never get fired. They may get suspended, but they always get their job back. But he's fired 70 police officers. He's increased their training from once a year to once every two months. He even had them cut back drastically on the traffic tickets that they're handing out. They used to hand out 550000 a year, and now that's down to 212000 And he said traffic tickets should be for safety and not for revenue, which is a really common complaint amongst us little people. The cops that are out there passing out all these tickets are highway robbers. They're just looking for minor infractions that they can pass out expensive tickets for, and there's basically a guy with a gun coming up to you and saying, give us money. 
But this guy is really trying to make things better. He's still got a long way to go. He's even been praised by Radley Balco, who is an outspoken critic of police militarization and the author of The Rise of the Warrior Cop, which is a really good book, by the way. It starts with the history of cops. Where did they come from? When was the police force invented? Why? And then looking at how they have gotten progressively more violent and less accountable. Now, all of this happened about a week ago. And since then, I went on killedbypolice.net. They've killed another 21 of us. So it hasn't changed their behavior at all. And this is just going to make them itchier and twitchier. And the end result is more of us are going to be killed by them. Police, of course, are responding with outrage. Now, the, the Dallas mayor actually had a, some good points to make. He said, you know, we, we need to cut back on the number of things that are crimes and the number of things that we try and solve by law. When you pass a law, that has to be enforced. But overall, the reaction of police across this country have been outrage, which is perfectly understandable, and I'd say justifiable. But I haven't seen anybody say, hey, uh, I got an idea. Why don't we shoot fewer people? Or uh, why don't we convict cops who shoot people? I haven't heard that. Instead, there was a story in the Albany Times Union about police going and talking to a group of teenagers about how they should interact with the cops. Now, they've got a large force, and they could have picked from a whole lot of people. And the guy they chose was George Bryce. Very heavily muscled, heavily tattooed. And so he went and talked to this audience of 35 teenagers in Albany. And he said that if he pulled over a group of kids in the car, smelled marijuana, and spotted a roach in the ashtray... The next few seconds and attitude would influence the outcome of the police stop. He said, if you are respectful and cooperate, I'm going to tell you to throw the roach away, wish you a good day, and send you on your way. Sure he will. But then he went on to say, if you get all cocky and give me attitude, I'm going to write you up for every possible ticket in the book. And if you continue to argue and disobey my orders and fight, 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 you could lose your life. So he's warning them, if you don't do what I tell you, if you disobey my orders, I'll kill you. He's evidently thought about this. This is what he plans to do, should he run into this kind of situation. And when he said that, there was another officer in the group there, and he said, yeah, make it easier for us. We don't want to deal with all that paperwork. Ha ha ha, what a big funny joke to say to a bunch of black kids who are afraid of being killed by the cops. Later on, he said, and I quote, I need to see your hands. I need to know you're not a threat to me. Coming in with attitude only makes it worse. If I say move away from the car, don't plant your feet. You move away. Comply. So you live through the situation. Yeah, let me repeat that. Comply so you live through the situation. In other words, if you don't do what I tell you, I'll kill you. 
I suppose maybe we should give him credit for being honest. Now, one thing in the Dallas story that I think is most upsetting was sending in a robot to drop a bomb on this guy and kill him. They negotiated with him for two hours, which frankly isn't all that long. And I can understand why they did it. And maybe it was even justifiable in this case, but let's say it was. Let's say it was justifiable to send in a robot to kill the bad guy. If it was justifiable in this case, what about the next case? And the case after that, and the case after that, and the case after that, if history has taught us anything. It's that something that's used that may be justifiable in a particular extreme instance eventually becomes policy for everything. So how often are we going to see this in the future? Where the cops say, well, uh, we can't control this. Eh, we'll send in a bomb. Or we'll send in a robot with guns mounted on it. Those already exist. It's the robots that they're using have been created by a company who also makes them for the military. And the military has rigged them up with explosives and sent them after the enemy. They've rigged them up with guns. So it's not at all a stretch to say that they're going to be coming in with these robots and saying, well, uh, we can't control this situation. Uh, the guy's behind a wall. I bet he's got a gun. Uh, let's send back a robot to shoot him. Very scary. In talking with friends who are ex-cops and seeing articles written by ex-cops, the general estimate is that 15 to 20 percent of the police in any given police force are rogue, out of control, unpredictable, and dangerous officers. That is a very large minority. Copsuckers will write this off and say, well, you're always going to have a few bad apples. But they don't realize, evidently, what the rest of that saying is. It's not, well, a few bad apples are to be expected. It's not, oh, a few bad apples are there and I guess you just have to deal with them. It's a few bad apples spoil the whole bunch. So what about the 80% of the cops who are not bad apples? Who want to do the right thing? What happens when they stand up to the bad apples? Well, there's hundreds and hundreds of stories out there. They're easy to find about cops who have done just that. Who tried to expose corruption. Or who pulled a violent fellow cop off of a suspect. Yeah, just, just trying to calm down your fellow cop. Or people who refuse to write up bullshit tickets for bullshit things. In every case... They either lost their job, or they were passed up for promotions, or they were put in bad shifts in dangerous neighborhoods without adequate backup. Basically, if you do anything against a fellow officer, no matter how egregious that fellow officer's behavior is, your career is over. And what about those good cops who are just doing their job enforcing bad law. 
You've got a police officer who, using no violence, no attitude, arrests a 20-year-old because he's got a gram too much of pot. Now it's sale weight. And he brings that kid in and he helps get him convicted of a felony. And he has just destroyed that person's life. Because with a felony conviction, your ability to get gainful employment for the rest of your life, yeah, it's pretty much not going to happen. Is he a good cop? What about the cop who doesn't go after people for drug laws, but instead just sits there and hands out traffic tickets? Here's a ticket for a rolling stop through a stop sign on a street that was clear in all directions. Here's a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt while you were crossing the road between one parking lot and another. Here's a ticket for going five miles an hour over the speed limit. Oh, and all those tickets? They're going to cost you $150, $200. And he's passing out these tickets to middle-class people where a $200 hit is a significant hit. But he's also passing them out to lower-class people who are maybe bringing home $80 a day and trying to live off of that. And all of a sudden, they've got a $200 hit on their budget. That's going to really screw up their lives for a month. Is he a good cop? I used to wonder why the good people in Germany or China or Russia, any place that was infested with violent, dangerous agents of the state, why didn't they stand up? What was wrong with them? Why didn't they come to the aid of their neighbors? Well, sadly, now I think I understand it. We're certainly nowhere near that yet. And I've never witnessed a police officer beating the shit out of a restrained subject. But if I did, what can I do about it? I can take a video, but they don't care about that. They've shown that. Am I going to interfere? Am I going to try and pull the cop off of the kid that he's beating the crap out of? No. They'll kill me. And they'll do it without a pause. And they'll never get punished for it. So what can I do besides complain? Not a whole lot. And now I understand why those people in those oppressive states didn't stand up when you would think, gee, they should have. But they didn't. And we don't either. And no matter how oppressive the cops get, I don't know that we're ever going to get to the point where people are really standing up, pulling them off of the people that they're beating, defending the people that they're killing. What's going on in this country is horrible. What the cops are doing is horrible. Shooting random cops is horrible. And frankly, I find it scary. I really do. Maybe we can find a solution to this. Maybe we can pare down government, pare down all these laws that they're enforcing. Just ending the drug war would 
cut all this nonsense in half at least. But there's only one candidate who really wants to do that. Maybe we could do something that would make them less likely to go for the gun at the first opportunity. We have to do something. John F. Kennedy warned us. He said, Those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you could just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been Spartanized. All right, enough about cops. I'm not going to do anything more about cops again for a while, all right? I promise you. Well, I won't promise you. Maybe something horrible will happen again, and it'll be another thing that has to be covered. But for the most part, I do have other ideas. I do have other things planned, some interesting stuff coming up. I want to give a thank you and a shout out to Jacqueline Donaldson, who informed me that I'm not on Stitcher. I'd been on Stitcher. I thought I was on Stitcher. That's a really big platform. A lot of people use Stitcher for their podcasts, and it turned out that no, I wasn't anymore. Evidently, they had dropped me during my long hiatus. So I went in and filled out the forms and did the paperwork, and uh, now I'm back on Stitcher. So if you are using Stitcher as your podcatcher, you can find me there, and you can tell your Stitcher listening friends that they can find me there. So thank you very much, Jacqueline. I very much appreciate it. Hey, if you want to uh, argue with me, compliment me, tell me that I'm uh, full of crap, tell me that I'm insightful, uh, whatever, or just say, hi, I'm listening. Just send me an email, daviddavehid.com. Put something in the subject that tells me that you're listening to the podcast because I only read about 10% of the email that comes my way. That's Dave at DaveHit.com. Let me know. You can also drop by on Facebook. There's a Facebook page there as well uh, called Quick Hits. So there's nothing left for me to do except remind you that the Quick Hits podcast is a little more than a journal of one man's opinion. And therefore, should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.